Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Well, hello, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Today, our guest is just an awesome asana practitioner. I think many of you will know him from Instagram, Mark Gural. He is a retired Marine veteran, a longtime rock climber. He used to teach rock climbing, and he's just an overall lover of nature and an outdoor enthusiast. He lives in nature and really has set up his life in a way to support his health, his practice, bringing balance, bringing comfort, bringing challenge, bringing discomfort in many ways too, to help him optimize his body, his mind, his spirit, and most of all, his yoga practice. So Mark discovered yoga, Ashtanga yoga specifically, um, during a time when he was experiencing a lot of lower back pain. And he noticed that when he was practicing, the pain would go, he'd start to feel better, he'd stop practicing, and the pain would come back. And so he really began to realize how important the asana practice was and dedicated himself to learning as much as he could about it. But with no Ashtanga yoga teachers in his local area, he had no choice but to get up early and practice on his own before going to work. He learned from DVD, from books, and finally went to seek out a teacher, and that was David Swenson. And of course, that inspired him to continue seeking out more and more teachers, and eventually in 2014, decided to follow in the footsteps of many of the teachers he had learned from uh, to go to Mysore, India, and study directly with Sharat Joyce at Sharat Joyce's Ashtanga Yoga Institute in Mysore. And so he spent the first trip in 2015. He was accepted there and went and studied for two months and has continued to go back again and again, getting authorized in 2017 and just continuing to develop his practice, both um, in his home, in his home studio called Great Lakes Ashtanga, where you can find him and practice with him, as well as making these trips to India fairly annually, of course, until COVID happens. So I think you're going to find what we're talking about really interesting, his life, his challenges, but also more importantly, how he's really set up his life to support his beliefs, you know, living a life that's in line aligned with his values. And I think it's a really important uh, topic to think about, of course, how you can set up your life in a way that's aligned with your values. Um, what's important to you? What do you want to prioritize? And of course, we all know, you know, what we prioritize is what happens in our day. So if we're not prioritizing ourselves, uh, we end up last on our list and often our self-care doesn't happen, our spiritual practice doesn't happen, what matters to us most um, on in a way that is important but maybe not urgent but is soul satisfying, maybe that starts to fall by the wayside. 
And this can especially happen when you are building a business, when you are teaching yoga or coaching, you start to really focus on how to build your business, how to draw in more students, how to support your students or your clients, how to use all these online tools, uh, you know, setting up websites or online courses or different platforms and connecting calendars or sending out newsletters, we start to sometimes lose the ability to take care of ourselves or support ourselves in a way that feels soul satisfying and nurturing. And that's where a program like B-School becomes really, really important, where you can take a step back and redefine what are the things that are really moving the dial forward for you? What are the things that um, are creating the most value, not just in your business, but in your life, and how to align your business strategy uh, with the things that you truly value, that truly feed your soul and also help you to stay connected to your passion and to your purpose so that you're prioritizing yourself in your business and you're not losing yourself or sacrificing your self-care to building a business. And that's one of the main reasons why I would highly recommend you sign up for B-School it is the gold standard when it comes to training programs for online entrepreneurs. It has successfully run for 13 years. It's helped over 80,000 students from nearly every country on the planet launch businesses in every industry you can think of. And this year, it is all new and updated. It is a six-week live interactive program designed with multi-passionate, big-hearted, creatives in mind. So if you want to build a meaningful and also a profitable online business, or if you have an in-person business, but you want to create uh, customers who are finding you online more easily, and you also want to stay true to that higher calling and purpose in your life, B-School is an amazing program and is really the program for you. And when you sign up through me, you will also get to join my B-School experience with many bonuses, which include additional uh, mastermind classes where we come together as a group and you get six weeks of interactive live coaching with me one-on-one -on -one and group experience coaching where you can really connect and get feedback on the things that you're building plus advice and ideas. Um, I love supporting wellness entrepreneurs, wellness providers, yoga teachers, healers in building a business so that they can be out there in the world helping others connect to themselves through mindfulness, through breath work, through healing practices and really creating wellness and health um, and a deeper interconnection in other people's lives. You know, so my supporting you helps you support your clients. It's a beautiful ripple effect that is transmitted to many, many people. And it's just so enriching for me to be able to support you as you grow your own uh, wellness business. So um, come on in. B-School is closing this week, Thursday, February 23rd. 
I would love for you to join me. You can head on over to the show notes. There is a place where you can jump on a call if you have any questions, if you want to kind of know if B-School is the right choice for you, if you want more details on any of my bonuses or any of the modules that are inside B-School. I would love to connect with you and make sure that it's the right decision for you. Um, It's open now. When you sign up, you get instant access to some of my favorite bonuses, which is Start the Right Business and the follow-through formula. These are some online courses, additional mini courses that help you really create the business that is right for you. Some of the modules inside B-School are the profit plan, creating irresistible offers, learning to offer or market your services, your classes, what you're providing to your clients or your students in a way that is of service that's really supporting them and adding value and doesn't feel salesy or doesn't feel pushy, Um, learning how to create a marketing strategy that is really aligned with how you want to show up in the world. So come on over, sign up for B-School, jump into my DMs if you have any questions at all. I'm just really excited to support you and this wonderful group of humans that's joining me inside B-School this year. And you can find out all the details in the show notes and on my website. Without further ado, let's connect with Mark Garau, who is going to tell us a bit of how he sets up his life and his business in a way that feels aligned for him and is really, really soul satisfying. Hi, and welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case. Harmony. Yeah. I you you know that I just came back last night from Michigan. Yes. I was visiting my dad, my little brother, my mom there. Yeah. And now you you've got me on the phone with some guy from Ohio. Yeah. That is not the best news I've ever had. What? <laughs> I was in in Ann Arbor, go big blue just a couple days ago and now the Ohio State here is right sitting right in front yeah. of me. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I gotta spend the next hour with this guy. How are you doing, Mark? I'm well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know about these like college rivalries and well, stuff. So I'm I don't ancient. think yeah, maybe yeah. our listeners yeah. Know. yeah, they have I guess they have like rock formations in Ohio and all we have is water and lakes. <laughs> We don't have a lot, a lot of rocks to but, speak of. But his shell is the Great Lakes. Yeah. That, see, that's concerning because he's nowhere near the Great Lakes. I'm, I'm five like... miles from the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm sitting now is five miles from the lake. Wow. Uh, what lake is it? Lake Erie. Lake, lake Erie. Erie. Yeah, yeah. That's not a real yeah. Great Lake. You're just across from <laughs> Canada. Lake yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Oh, that's a Great Lake. That's a real great lake. That's lake nice... Huron. Now that's the real great lake. <laughs> lake Superior is nice, but Lake Michigan's the best. Which one I mean. are we missing? <laughs> lake um, Erie, Huron, Superior, Michigan, and what's that fifth one? It's, uh, it's Huron. The acronym's yeah. Holmes. Huron, oh. Ontario. 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 Yeah, yeah that's How a nice. That's a good lake there. Ontario's a great lake. <laughs> Well, you you grew up in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I was so I was born in Pontiac 
where the okay. cars came from, yeah. which is now like a washed up shell of a town. Mm, just sad. was just was there yesterday. It was a burned out husk. Is it still nice in Ohio? Parts are, yeah. Oh, well, I love good. where I'm at, yeah. Okay. You're yeah. in the north. I, I'm in the very northeast corner of the state. Um, pretty close to like, um, like Buffalo, New York. Uh, yeah, Erie, Erie okay. Pennsylvania. Erie, um, Pennsylvania. Kind of, yeah, kind of that yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just just over the lake, you know, is mm-hmm. uh, is Toronto. So yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very, very north. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. basically Canadian. Close, yeah. You know, <laughs> with, with the with the um. With, the giant with the big beard. Well, normally, normally I have a big beard. Yeah. So normally, yeah. with the, with a big beard and the French last name and my love yeah. for for maple syrup, people usually right. usually think I'm Canadian. They've mistaken yeah, you. Canadian. <laughs> yeah. But you had such an interesting journey to Ashtanga. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like how did you come to this practice? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> I was uh, after high school. I enlisted in the U.S. Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I served four years um, from age 19 to 23. Yeah. Um, and I was a mountain warfare instructor um, at a nice. Northern California. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Nice. It was, it was a beautiful base, beautiful country. You know, it was like uh, about an hour and a half north of Yosemite, uh, of wow. the, the eastern gate of Yosemite. Yeah. A little bit south of Tahoe. So it was like I, beautiful. If I could ask you about that, my my dad only very recently in his life did he start hearing people say to him you know thank you for your service hmm. and he was in the he was in the army and he was drafted during vietnam and he did jungle train jungle training down in, in fort polk and uh he says he really likes it but is it is it something like if we were to thank you for your service does it do you do you feel okay with it? Does it makes you feel a little self-conscious? It makes me a little self-conscious a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I feel like there are guys who went to war and lost a leg or things like this. Right. That mm-hmm. like, and like, I never even saw combat time. You know, my mm-hmm. older brother has been in the Marine Corps since 95. He's still in. Wow. He's been to Iraq several times, Afghanistan several times. He's been all over the place. He's lived in Africa. He's currently living in Poland. Wow. Um, he's working at the NATO center trying to keep things calm yeah. <laughs> with Russia. Yeah, yeah. Know? Wow. Yeah. Um, nice. So, I mean, like there's a lot of guys that I feel like deserve the thanks. And I, I had, a, I had a fun four years. I played in the mountains, you know, so I feel kind of weird whenever people thank me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's well, interesting. Well, Do you my... worry about your brother? I'd be so worried. Um, oh. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, there's always concern when he's going different places and things, but right now in Poland, I'm not that worried about him. In fact, I was right. just there teaching a workshop in, in Bidgosh, Poland nice. um, recently. And before I went, I was like, hey, Joe, is it, uh, is it safe? And he's like, right. yeah, he's like, it's a NATO country. He's like, if yeah. Russia comes here, like, it's, I mean, like, he basically said that, yeah. you know, it's no more dangerous there than it is in Ohio. Like, right. yeah. nukes can get sent anywhere, you know. So, right. That's true. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's totally safe. So, and Poland was great. It was beautiful. Yeah. Was so, my dad spent the entirety of his service in, in Germany uh, selling hash to American servicemen. <laughs> <laughs> He would he would he would he would roll cigarettes and then dip them in hash that he had in his pocket because the so the American servicemen preferred marijuana they didn't like this foreign hash stuff and uh, that was kind of really his service. <laughs> that to, is a service. It is, it a, is service. a service. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then he was finally deported. I I imagine that 
you, you probably didn't sell a whole bunch of hash to the guys in the mountains at all. No, no, that wasn't, wasn't my kind of what that wasn't your my specialty. Was. No, no, <laughs> mountaineering. Okay, not, yeah. Mountaineering. Yeah. yeah, maybe more mushrooms. Maybe no. We, we try to we try to stay pretty uh, lucid in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the yeah. thin oxygen will usually do that to you anyway. So no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad didn't try and stay lucid very much of the experience at all. Did you ask well, him if he's okay with being brought up on the podcast since he started listening? Oh, that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, my my dad drives me to, to the Great Lakes because mm-hmm. I flew in, and then he wanted to show me Canada. Mm. It's like, Dad, yeah, I've seen a lot of it, honestly, but it's very... really, I'm here on, uh, I think it's Bell Island, right up right north of Detroit, and we're looking out at Canada, I was like, yeah, looks good, Dad. And then he says, you know, I was, I he loves to drive, we drove like seven hours that day just looking at Detroit, <laughs> and uh, he says, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I found your wife's podcast, <laughs> And, you know, I didn't expect to hear you on the podcast at all. <laughs> and I was like, well, I've talked a lot about my dad's drug use on this podcast. And so I'm now a little self-conscious, little self-conscious yeah. about it, honestly. Yeah. I forgot that he so listened. I hope dad's not listening if you're out there. <laughs> That's funny. So you were in the army for four years in California, and it sounds like a pretty nice experience, outdoorsy, working hard, enjoying life, not too, not too intense. You didn't go overseas then? Um, I mean, I was, I was overseas, but not for combat time. Um, I did spend a year in Okinawa, Japan. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, so. It was during that time in Bridgeport. Um, mm-hmm. That was the name of the base, Bridgeport, California. Um, it, it, was, it was my during my time there that I injured my back. Um, I think, you know, at the time I didn't understand why my back hurt. I looked at myself and I, I weighed like 150 pounds. I'm five nine. I looked at other guys who were the same size as me, doing the same exactly the same size as you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. And doing the same job as me, and I'm like what the heck? Their back's not bad. Why's mine? Like, why can't yeah. my body handle this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway, so I had, I had 208 discs in my low back and wow. I was um, left very frustrated because mm-hmm. I did not like the, uh, the suggestion by the, the doctor on base, which was to have surgery. Uh, I was yeah, like, sure. mm, yeah, I'm like 22 years old. Like that doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah. Um, you know, they wanted to like fuse yeah, um, fuse your yeah. spine. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, nah, that's not really cool. You know, mm-hmm. and other than that, I was in very good shape. I was running a lot. I was hiking through the mountains. I was climbing a ton, ice climbing a ton, mountaineering. So I was really fit and I was enjoying being fit. And, yeah. um, and then suddenly, like, now it hurts to bend over and tie my boots, you know? Right, yeah. And it's like, shit, you know, what, what do I have to do here to, to fix this? So, um, Do you remember what you did to herniate your lower your lower back? I don't think it was one thing. I think it was okay, just yeah. um, me not knowing how to train intelligently and right. just pushing myself too hard, not mm-hmm. listening to myself. Things that I've learned now through yoga. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm 42 now, you know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah but, you um, have to learn those things when you're 42 for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah, I just, I think it was just, just repetitive abuse of my back, right. you know. Um, improper um, body mechanics, things like that. Yeah. And um, so I got it in my head to like learn as much about the spine as I could because I didn't want to get surgery. So I started like 
reading as much as I get my hands on. I, um, I was watching videos on, you know, the internet, you know, from anyone who had any information about the spine really, you know? Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I was just like determined to try to like figure this out. Um, and during all my research and studies, like, you know, yoga, <laughs> yoga came up yeah, a lot. Coming up. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Why does <YouTube>. this keep <laughs> Yeah. YouTube keeps like yoga for backs, <laughs> yoga for backs, yoga for backs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just, it just kept like getting inundated with it. So, you know, I was living, so Bridgeport is, is pretty remote. Um, the nearest like big city is Carson city, Nevada. And then like yeah. Reno, Reno, Nevada. Um, but those were both like over an hour and a half drive away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like no yoga studios around, you know, and it's a really small Marine Corps base. Um, one of the smallest bases. There was like a hundred uh, permanent personnel stationed there. So some of the really big bases have big gyms and they have yoga teachers and they have this and that and they have everything. Our base was like super like rustic and there wasn't <laughs> much there. So I didn't have in access. In the mountains. To- yeah, in the mountains, yeah. <laughs> but I had no access to yoga. Um, so I went and bought a DVD. Uh-huh. That's what I did. Sure. That was my solution. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, um, and I would do that like once or twice a week. Which um, Which DVD? It was, um, I think her name was Karen Voigt. Um, oh. I don't even know if she's a yogi per se. I think she's like a fitness you know, right. expert from like yeah. the 90s, you know? Yeah. Um, but the reason I bought that DVD, funny enough, is because yeah. of good marketing. <laughs> the, really? The cover, the cover was her doing an upward facing dog and her back muscles were ripped. And she was on, yeah. a, big, she was on a big boulder, like a big rock. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm a rock climber. That, that's... That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and she has nice back muscles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's all it was. It was just it was just maybe a sucker to marketing. That's um, good though. It's a funny question though. Like, how does like a rough and tough guy, you know, I grew up in 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 you know New Orleans and you you know, I, I moved there with my mom from from Illinois and Michigan and like you know, you're you're in the army. Like what's what is the hook that allows someone like us to enter a world that is exclusive to white women. (laughs) You know, it's a funny thing. Like, what is it? What, how do you feel allowed to do it? Yeah. But I I remember, I remember thinking like, (laughs) did you want to say something? I was just going to say like back then, I don't feel like yoga was as like, as niche to like white ladies. It wasn't as trendy. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, think there was, I mean, I used to go to yoga classes and it was like 50-50 men and women in the class. What? Really? Yeah. There was a lot of men in the yoga class. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. There's men teachers. There was, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of yogalers. Yogalers. <laughs> yeah. Know. In my head, I mean, I just, you know, I thought yoga was like aerobics. And yeah, I was so that's why I got a DVD. I was like, I can do it in my barracks room by myself. No one has to know. Right, <laughs> it makes wow. my back feel better. You know, um, that's something that I learned with kids when I was teaching kids. Is so many of the young men would do it if no one could see them. Yeah, and so like yeah, I like doing it in my room by myself. And a lot of the young men that I was I was teaching in Milwaukee, for example, or you know they they liked it if they could be by themselves and no one could see them doing it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so did you feel better? Did it help? It did. Yeah. I felt, I felt really good. Um, and 
so good, in fact, that I was like, well, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> and I, oh, you get, yeah, yeah. As soon as you were, as soon as you were cured, you're out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like, was like, I don't need this. So I like tossed it aside, you know, and kind of forgot about it for yeah. you know a little while. And my back started hurting again. And I'm like, mm. oh, where'd, I, where'd I put that? You know? oh. And so <laughs> it was like, need maintenance. Yeah. It was like yeah. that for, for years, actually. Like it, wow. I'm, a, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> wow. But yeah. yeah for, like for, on and off. You're like, years, oh. Yeah. I was just like thinking, okay, I'm better. I don't need it anymore. And then I would go back to it. And mm. um, it, it wasn't until I was out of the Marine Corps. Um, I was, I was working at a climbing gym. I was doing a little bit of guiding. Um, you know, a lot of, basically I was, I was working at the gym, like, you know, five or six days a week. And the days I wasn't, I was outside climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that was like my entire life. I wanted to be a professional rock climber. Like, I didn't care about really anything else. I wanted to live in a tent. Like I was just like, this is it. This is what I want, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I took a trip down to Peru um, to do some mountaineering. And um, I noticed a lot of the, a lot of the studs, the people who were like the strongest climbers mm-hmm. were like old guys and, and old women. They were, mm-hmm. all, they were all in their 60s and they were out climbing like the 20-year-olds, you know. I mean, right. they were so fit and they were so strong. And what I noticed is they were all really um, particular about their diets and they were mm-hmm. all doing these like stretching routines every morning. And that made me right. kind of think like maybe I need to get back to doing yoga. <laughs> Right. You know, because my back yeah. was like, it was, it was going back and forth from being happy and unhappy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyway, I, I, uh, what, what eventually drew me to Ashtanga was that it was a set sequence. Like I was like, you know, on Google and like looking up more stuff on yoga and I came across Ashtanga and I saw there was a set sequence. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. my hyperactive ADD mind needs to be told what to do. You know, mm-hmm. And, and like when I, you know, my military mind, like I liked, I liked structure and if you give me structure, I can follow it. You know, if right. you leave me up to my own, like, you know, I get distracted. So yeah. that really attracted me about Ashtanga a lot, mm-hmm. um, which I, I know it's, it's a turnoff for some people, um, that, that structure, um, they feel kind of confined by it, but I feel more freedom with the structure because then my mm-hmm. mind can like stop thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important. I, I remember early on looking at that that video of, the, of Patabi Joyce with uh, Tim Miller and Chuck Miller and Richard Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, Karen Rain, and Eddie Stern. That pink video, Maddie with Maddie, rest in peace. And I remember looking at that and thinking, like the real genius here is that these people are all doing the exact same set structure, and yet they're all flowering in such a completely unique way to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like there's each, each one of us is in this room in some form or fashion, a strong woman, a light woman, a big beefy guy like Tim, you know, a little scrap of nothing, you know, like, like, like Chuck, who's actually quite tall, but didn't, didn't know he was really very tall. Um, but it's like, it's, it was like, it was all, they were all like expressing their uniqueness in that structure. Mm-hmm. And some people seem to like think that, you know, you to be unique, you need to come up with your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I think that's some of the beauty of, uh, of the practice, you know, like when I'm teaching new students, like a sun salutation, for instance, you know, like something just basic, like there's like the, there's like the waypoints. It's like, okay, like we start here and we're going to end there. Okay. And then we're going to start there. And we're going to end in a fold. You know? Yeah. But like how you get there, like that's up to your creative style a little bit, you know. 
Mm. I personally like to be direct with my movements. I don't like to do too much flowery movements. I like to be, you know, precise and direct, but not that it's wrong if you add a little bit of, you know, floweriness to it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool though, that like, you know, we're told like where to go, but we're not really told how to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does, it does uh, allow for different body types for sure. I, and I guess you, you started out with uh, David Swenson's practice manual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell us about what, what attracted you to that? Um, well, I mean, I don't know what really attracted me to that book particularly. I just was, online looking for information and i saw that like oh the book will tell me what to do cool so (laughs) i think it's the first one i saw so i just i I bought it um um, but yeah and and were you still practicing at home with the book now oh yeah yeah i so yeah i started ashtanga when i was like i was like 29 or 30 um Mm -hmm. in there and yeah i did it every day i mean mostly every day there were, mm-hmm. there were times where I thought maybe I should break up with this practice because my back still hurts. And I would you know, <laughs> leave it for a week and realize that it wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, but in general, I was practicing every day um, in my room, uh, in my extra room uh, before I went to work. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, uh, for about your four climbing years. climbing was getting so good. <laughs> mm, no? <laughs> well, no, because Ashtanga started to push climbing out. Like there's only so much time oh, in the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Interesting. Um, my body felt good. Like I was going to work and feeling good. My mind was uh-huh. feeling good. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the more I practice Ashtanga, the more I teach now, um, the yeah. less I climb. Sadly, right. I need, I need mm-hmm. to find I need to find a good balance for that. But yeah, I'm not climbing as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. You know, we we change. Yeah. We do um, for sure. But um. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what I was saying. Um, well, you you started practicing with 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 David Swenson. I think mm-hmm. you you said at some point that you actually went out and did you seek him out and start talking to him? Well, yeah. So there was, um, you know, after like about four years of practicing by myself, I'm like, I probably need some instruction. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I need some help. Mm-hmm. So I um, did a search, and he was coming to Columbus, Ohio. Um, oh, wow. and it's, it's like a three, three and a half hour drive from where I am. So I'm like, Hey, cool. Like I'm going to go. So I signed up yeah. for it and I went down to Columbus for a week, um, and practiced with, with David. He was the first like teacher I had worked with and, yeah. Um, nice. yeah. And, uh, was you know, it like one of his teacher trainings where he's yeah. like taking you through the sequence and like you're learning to adjust and yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. want to be a teacher. I just wanted to learn more about Ashtanga, you know. Yeah, it's like Ashtanga boot camp, though. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> every day, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you mentioned something at that time about uh, about backbends, and him mentioning something to you about backbends. Is that right? Yeah. So during those four years, I was practicing by myself. I was doing the practice the best I could. Um, I was doing the whole series. I didn't know you're supposed to stop like at a posture. You don't. You know, can't do well or whatever. So I was doing the whole series kind of stuffing myself into super kamasana, yeah. you know, like sometimes it didn't go well. <laughs> um, but um, in general, the forward folds felt nice because they were stretching out like my tight hamstrings and my tight back, you know, mm-hmm. um, but too much forward folding, you know, would exacerbate a herniated disc. Yeah. And that's right. what was happening. Sometimes I would fold too deep. Like ego would get a hold of me and I'd fold too deep in like super Kramasana and I'd hurt my back again. Yeah. So when I went down there. It was one of those like kind of bad weeks. Like I had like, uh, I had heard it a few days prior and I was like, yeah, oh, I got to go. You know, I signed up for it. 
So I went down. I was moving kind of funny, and he he picked up on it right away. Mm-hmm. So I told him like you know what was going on with my back, and he's like, you need to you know do way more back bending. You need to learn how to do up dog properly, and you need to learn how to do urvadhanarasana properly. Mm-hmm. He even suggested starting second series, mm-hmm. and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't to learn remember. those things, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember, but I think I'm pretty sure when he said that to me, I was like, "There's more. There's a second series." <laughs> like I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I knew, but I, I, I never, you know, I never like thought I would be going any further. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't care to. I just wanted like my back stop hurting, and I thought back bends would literally destroy my back. I thought that would be the worst thing ever. Oh, right. uh, so I was terrified of them. So I was like skipping them and like not really doing them very well. And he was like, no, you got to do these. Yeah, they're actually the cure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I, I was, I read that about you and I was, I was curious because I had, um, I'd learned Ashtanga yoga in Chicago for a bit when I was in school, but then went down to Texas and I worked with David Swenson in a little circle of David Swensonites that were, that were, in, that were following him around everywhere in Austin. And at that time, and this would have been the late nineties. Mm-hmm. We were all just crazed for handstands. And so we were trying to do handstands between every posture. And then between sides, we were trying to do a handstand. Wow. So when I got into my first Mysore room, it wasn't it, the it wasn't so much that we were skipping back bends as that they were impossible because we had we had tried to to stand on our hands so much yeah. that everything in our shoulders and our upper back was frozen so tight yeah and i had to and going to mysore was kind of a you know i thought i was going to show off my handstands <laughs> you know and and not actually be left in the dust by these you know soft wispy little boys you know it was <laughs> kind of a kind of a drip you know <laughs> But um, it was I had put I thought I'd put the work in you know but but actually learning the back bend was really really critical you know especially like uh, the front of the hips you know because you can do so many forward bends and and so many handstands and so many navasanas that the, like the front of your hips are so strong mm-hmm. you got to stretch that whole thing out yeah there's like it's it's it was it was everywhere and relentless yeah and and, and not just in the practice but I mean even in our daily lives. If you think about how many times we like fold forward in our daily life, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, like you like you like lean forward to brush your teeth, like over the sink, you know, and yeah. you wash your face, and you make your bed, and you're you're forward folded, you know, like you drop something on the ground, you forward fold to pick it up, like we're yeah. always leaning forward, and like our lumbar is supposed to have a curve in it, but we're always taking it the other direction constantly. So mm-hmm. I just feel like we have to counter that if we if we don't backbend. Yeah, I mean, look at look at elderly people. As they age, they start to shrivel forward. They don't shrivel yeah. backwards. They don't go into That's a backwards. Right. <laughs> Not right. at all. Yeah, I mean, so like we got to counter gravity. We got to counter that. I really yeah. feel it. Like if I'm on the computer a lot, and I'm on the computer quite a bit these days. Yeah, <laughs> but, a little bit. You know, I always like to kind of have my like back bender, my little wheel, my roller, and at yeah. least like roll my back out if I can, like once a day because. Yeah just so good to have that counter stretch like you're saying everything's forward folding in the computer the phone the driving the washing dishes the everything right everything. So, yeah. like we just don't really do back bends very often unless no, you're no. being really intentional about it like i'm exactly. gonna do a back bend now <laughs> yeah well, it's crazy 
Well, certainly there must be like a, there's a, there's a, a lot of development there for you to get to where you are now as a, as an authorized level two Shnaga yoga teacher. Can with, you tell us, killer Kapotasana. Can, <laughs> can, you, can you tell us that journey from meeting David Swenson to being in India and, you know, pardon yeah. the expression, being up to snuff? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I left. I left Columbus, I came home, was really excited about like, you know, just the way I was feeling and like finally connecting with the teacher. And um, I really liked what he had to say. And I was like, this is great, you know, but like he wasn't like in Ohio all the time, you know, it wasn't even nearby all the time. So I'm like, okay, I want to find someone else. I was hungry for more. So mm -hmm. I got online and, you know, really, I think the only two yogis I knew at the time <laughs> were like Kino and David, you know, yeah. like David Swenson, you know, like they were just like probably the only, the only people really you know, doing much online. I felt like, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, so I, I Googled her name and, you know, um, I was like, well, what, what kind of trainings is she doing? So I went down to Miami life center. Mm -hmm. um, wow. I think this was in 2014 maybe. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, um, it was a two week course with, with, uh, Kino, Dave Christensen and Patrick Nolan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, Patrick did like meditation and pranayama, and like Day was going to our vinyasa account with us, and then Kino was doing like sutras, and she was doing the Mysore in the mornings, and it was really a cool uh, little program they put together. And um, and Kino and Day both, um, which is it's kind of ironic now because Day is no longer into backbending. Um, yeah. against backbending but they both at the time told me like you need to backbend and, and day was actually very firm about it she was huh. like you need to backbend you're gonna mess up your back if you don't because even yes. though even though david swenson yeah. told me that i still went home and like didn't really follow his advice i still yeah. went home and was like but he's not in my body he doesn't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. Doubted it. I doubted it you know yeah um so yeah so they were like you need to backbend and um, I learned to stamp and drop back during that two week, um, period. And that was like the real turning point. Like when mm -hmm. I learned to stamp and drop back, my back pain just like dissolved. It felt, I mean, my, I felt uh, like a new person, I felt like a new person. It felt wow. so good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then when I was down there, um, I, I met, uh, Lucas, you guys know Lucas from Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah. I went to his shop. Yes. Couple times, yeah, he's so, he's so great. Carvalho, um, Carvalho, 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 Carvalho. Carvalho. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I met Lucas and also Agatha. You guys know Agatha, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so they were down there, I met them, and the three of us became like pretty good friends. And we were out to dinner one night after, uh, after like the, the day of classes, yeah. and um, and Lucas had been to Mysore once, but it was like a couple years prior, he had some like time off from going back. And he's like, I really want to go back. And then the three of us were like, okay, let's make a pact. We're all going to go next year. Uh, like, we're going to get nice. <laughs> so we just decided to go. And yeah. um, and I guess I got the memo wrong because I showed up a month before they did, and I was all alone. <laughs> it was like, I was like uh, where am tough. I? <laughs> got a little crew together, and they don't, and they missed the boat. That's a shame. <laughs> I was there for two months, so I saw my second month. But yeah, good. I had I had to find my way around Mysore myself, which was you know, I don't know, kind of. It's daunting, yeah, but it has it? its own yeah, kind of, of magic. Yeah. Um, so you've been at that point. You you'd been to Okinawa, 
and you've kind of you've been around a little bit, but still, it's like something else going to India, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've been to several countries, um, but India is its own its own world. I mean, you guys know that. It's just it's very <laughs> different, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was. And actually, the first twenty four hours, I I think I hated it. I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't plan very well. Like, I didn't like print out a map or anything. I just like, oh, I'll get there and use my Wi-Fi. I got there and like the apartment I rented, like the Wi-Fi was down. It was like yeah. one of those days with power outage, you know. So I'm like walking around, like tired and hungry and thirsty, and I had no rupees yet. And I'm like, where, where's the shala at? Where's anything? <laughs> I was like, just yeah. wondering. I was wandering around looking wow. for. Wow. <laughs> so. Where's the Wi-Fi? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember going to Gokul Chats uh-huh. and asking where the Shala was, and nobody there knew had ever even heard of it. And isn't that's it, like isn't a block crazy? away. It was a block away. It was 2003, <laughs> and nobody had any idea. Oh, yeah, but the Shala was news. So it was I like, I don't, there's no, Shala. there's no Shala here. No, no Shala. No, Nilayam. Ashtanga Yoga Nilayam. No, Nilayam. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so how was that first trip? Was it great? Were you like totally immersed? Did you? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, like after, after the, maybe the first practice, I was like, you know, I was hooked. I was like, I'm definitely coming back here every year. Yeah. And um, I, I had really good practices every day. My body felt strong. I felt, I felt open. Um, you know, Sharat, um, Sharat took a liking to me. You know, he sometimes does. And yeah. anytime mm-hmm. someone would help me, try to help me catch you, like yell at them and send them away. And he would come over and help me catch and. I had never caught before, like ever. Oh, yeah. wow. That was my introduction to catching, and it was every day. Yeah. Um, my back felt great, surprisingly. Like there was yeah. no pain. It was it was unbelievable. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So, did your back ever heart start hurting again, or was it has it been healed for good now? No, no, it's not healed for good. It's definitely okay. uh, daily maintenance. You know, yeah. um, okay. every every morning I wake up uh, at two a.m. Um, I do my practice from three to five, yeah. and then uh, and then I start teaching. And yeah, at 2 a.m., like my back's like, no way, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I have to warm it up and, and start moving, you know. Um, what do you do to warm up? I have a, like a, about a 15 minute little hip sequence that mm-hmm. I do in the mornings. Um, it's nothing too spectacular, um, but it gets my hamstrings, gets my lumbar, just kind of gets things kind of moving, gets some external rotation going on. Um, and so I do that in the morning, um, before, before my, my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have an infrared sauna and like in the winter time, I'll usually hop in there first before practice. Just oh. but, <laughs> yeah. But typically I like to do the infrared after practice. Like I like to keep my sweat going longer. So I get in there after right. on cold mornings, you know, Ohio is cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. Do, we know, before. we know how cold Ohio yeah. is. Hi from Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is dangerously cold down there. Yeah. Um, I, you mentioned here, you, this is a great quote. It says, some of the things that you do on a daily daily basis for your personal self-care, uh, you said it would be a lot to ty- type out here. Some of it is too strange and might seem a bit abnormal, <laughs> but it would be definitely worth discussing. Yeah, I think so. I would like to hear that's more what, about that. I want to hear that. about Mark's okay. uh, self-care regimen. I want to hear the yeah. abnormal, deviant stuff <laughs> okay. that you do for your self-care. <sighs> oh, okay, so it's um, 
<laughs> you know, a lot of this stuff, I didn't, I didn't purposely create a system. I just started like doing things like some things I've been doing for 20 years. Some things I just started doing six months ago, but mm-hmm. there are things that I do um, that I just find work well for me. Uh-huh. And then recently I'm like, okay, how can I like categorize these to explain to people? Cause it's just like random shit, you know, this is all this like right. random stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how can I categorize these? So really what I, what I have is, so I try to, with anything I do, I try to ask myself two questions and it's how can I connect better to like myself and to nature? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can I protect myself better from like all the modern day, like toxins in the world, like either the toxins in our food or in our water or like Wi-Fi signals constantly like blasting us or EMFs or off gas, all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, how can I like protect myself? So it's connect and protect are like the, the kind of the two um, the things. And mm-hmm. all the things that I do, like I guess I could put them into like a couple, like we could say that I think if you – if you eat well, if you ask your questions, ask these questions, how can I connect to nature and how can I protect myself when it comes to eating, okay? When it comes to um, drinking, when it comes to sleeping, when it comes to moving. And then I also like to seek every day comfort and I like to seek discomfort. I think comfort and discomfort mm-hmm. are really important in our lives. So like those are like the, the six areas, like, you know, um, sleeping, eating, drinking, moving, comfort and discomfort. And how can I connect and protect better? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know which one. Where do we dive into? Let's <laughs> talk know, about let's talk about food first. What yeah, are you, yeah, yeah. yeah, right from the beginning. Everyone wants to talk about through, food. Yeah, we're gonna go through them all though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I just ate an entire bulb of garlic. So I would also like to talk about food. I, <laughs> and I would oh, like to talk about protection. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, you do you need personal protection <laughs> from? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so. Okay. So with with food, I I have been. So I'll just come out and tell you guys this right now. Um, it came out with Adam Keen the other day. I, I didn't really okay. told anyone this, um, but so I've been vegetarian for like, or, or, or maybe a flexitarian. Pretty flexible with it. But since I was probably about 24 or 25. Uh-huh. Um, and then about six months ago, I started adding um, beef liver into my diet, actually. Beef liver? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's not very good. I don't like it. <laughs> like our dogs. They love it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's but don't, good for dogs. Don't compare it's him to a dog, sweetie. <laughs> That's not very nice. He's a, yeah. he's a nice man. It must man. be good for you. Chai gets uh, beef liver, too. Yeah. What kind of dog is Chai? Chai is an Indian Praia dog. Oh, very nice. You brought one oh, home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I brought her home my first year. Oh. This is Hello. Chai. Oh, Hi, Chai. Good dog. Yeah. <laughs> he loves he loves beef liver, too. Yeah. She does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Didn't get a lot of beef yeah. liver in India. No. It's <laughs> <Which is> garbage. <laughs> um, okay, so you added beef liver, and wh- I did. What, what's the, going on with for this? For the blood protein? Why? So, well, for, yeah, I mean, so I started mm. doing research on it, and it's like, it's like one of the most nutrient dense foods out there. And mm-hmm. e- even though I feel like I had a pretty balanced vegetarian diet, I felt, I felt like I was depleted a little bit. I felt like I was getting kind of weak and I, I you know, I was oh. doing research and, and people were saying like, if you, if you do like beef liver, like, you know, once a week, twice or once every two weeks, you know, something like this, like you don't need any other animal products. Like this is it. And like, you will get everything you need 
So like, let me try this. So I, I'm doing it like once a month or once every three weeks. Like I'm not doing that, it a whole lot yet. That weakness is your back bend developing. That's how you know you're becoming you're becoming a wispy young man <laughs> when you feel it. weak and soft. That's how you know. And so, yeah. do you cook it? Do you fry it? Do you dehydrate it? What do you do? Uh, what I, are I you cook so it. curious I cook about? It. I don't know. I don't know how to cook. I don't know what to do with beef liver. Do you slaughter the Someone cow? Might, yourself? Some listener might be really <sighs> curious and know want a recipe or something. People no, love I, recipes. I, I don't slaughter it myself, but um, <laughs> but I found a local uh, butcher that his. Um, everything they get is like within a two mile radius. Yeah. Um, oh. it's, all, it's all grass fed, you know? So it's like, I feel like it's a, a reputable source. Um, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm definitely very much against like factory farming, all that stuff. Like, I, you know, um, I'm not going to just start like, you know, buying everything and like yeah. eating just whatever, you know, I'm still going to be very uh, picky mindful. You know, about this stuff, you know, mindful, but, um, but no, I just, I fry it. Um, I, I dip it in flour and then put it on a frying pan. Uh, um, and uh, I eat about four or five ounces, not very much. It's a little bit. It's like five per, bites. Yeah. Per, per day? No, like once no, a month. Once every three, three weeks. Three yeah. Weeks, oh, once three every three weeks. weeks. Uh, I mean, really not very that. often at all. But oh, actually, okay. I've been doing this since like July, and I feel like really good. I feel mm. I, feel I feel like good. your iron stores might have been low. Probably. Is your back bend opening? Your <laughs> no. iron stores are low. I feel like liver would, is very iron rich. It is very iron rich. So yeah. probably it's also very it's also very B vitamin rich. Um, right. It, it, it risk, uh, so many things. It's really really yeah. rich in. And um, so anyway, but I'm still basically you know plant based. You know, and I still eat a very plant based diet. Um, but more so than uh, more more than what I eat, it's like it's like how I eat. I think is very important, and I think that's message I kind of want people to know is that like, it doesn't matter if you're doing like keto or if you're doing vegetarian or vegan or this or that or whatever. Like, I think whenever you choose a diet that you think is healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. you do some research, you find it healthy. When you start buying food because you're on a diet, you're naturally just looking at healthier food. You're not buying processed stuff. You're not buying like garbage. Like, so, you know, I just feel like it's it's the quality of the food that you buy that is so important and it's your mindset with it. Like if you if your mind is like like no this is good for me, I don't feel guilt, I don't feel, you know, where if you like, you know, go to McDonald's cuz you're in a rush and you are guilty and eat a Big Mac and whatever, like I feel like there's a different energy with eating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and oh yeah, go ahead. Would speak the devil dad was was listening to the Me- the Matrix episode. Uh-huh. And he was listening to it and they all sat in the car and were convinced by the episodes. Like we're going to be plant-based. Yeah. It's a convincing episode. And they were sitting down at the steak shack, eating (laughs) hamburgers, talking about their plan to become (laughs) plant-based. That's awesome. When they turned and like, Oh, this is kind of funny. Wouldn't even think about it. (laughs) They they weren't thinking about, they were just hungry talking about, and they were all excited about being plant-based and they were hungry and they just, Eating hamburgers, planning out how they're going to go vegan. vegan. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, do you like take a moment to, you know, be grateful or say a prayer? Do you like do something specific before you eat to create that connection? I do. Yeah. 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 But even even before, I mean, I was eating animal products. Like, I always am, am grateful for like the food. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so. You know, another thing that I think is really important is like, you know, buying like for, for my vegetables, like I, I always try to buy local or mm-hmm. 
what I grow in my garden out back, you know, mm, wow. um, and I, you know, and so there I'm always grateful too. It's like, you know, my hands were in the soil, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I like, you know, go out there and pick the tomatoes. And I, 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 you know, so I feel like there's a connection to your food. And if you don't have a connection to your food, I think like being mindful and grateful for that is, is a way to connect to that food um, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think like, you know, like no phones like at the table, like mm-hmm. we get our screens away from the table when we're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to like be present with the person you're with, or if you're alone, be present with your food, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that's super huge. Um, I, I intermittent fast. So mm-hmm. um, my first meal of the day is around 11. Um, yeah. My last meal of the day is around 5 p.m. Yeah. Um, so those are like the window, the window in which I eat. Um, and you just I, eat as much as you can in that period. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, ice cream I got chastised so hard at the beginning, well, in the middle of COVID because I was, I made a social media post. Let's talk about social media for okay. the social media intermission. <laughs> yeah. I made a social media post about intermittent fasting and said mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, if you're experiencing like some extra weight gain because of oh, COVID. Don't mention weight gain. Like an extra five media. pounds. Yeah. yeah. Instead of changing what you're eating, maybe just change the times you're eating. The schedule, yeah. Right? Yeah. You might as well have disconnected your Instagram at that point. <laughs> yeah. Say good, say good night, sister. Then I was like, body shaming people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Harmony yeah. the fat shamer. That's where, she, that's where she is now. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Really? Mm. I really was. That was not the intention of the pose. Yeah. Purely good intention. But, you yeah. know, it's so easy to trigger people nowadays. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was oh. like, man, I wasn't telling anyone to go on a diet. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, I, I hadn't told anyone really about my, you know, eating liver. Um, and then and Adam, should you? Adam asked me about it. <laughs> he asked me about diet. So I'm like, well, I can't lie. So I, I have to, <laughs> but I wasn't like advertising it, you know? Yeah. The um, confessions but came yeah. out. Himsa comes before Satya. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Always, always uh, non-harming before truth. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's I think that's a really good point. You know, I mean, people have to make choices for their for their diet that everyone's going to make different choices. And also like different things are going to resonate and sit with people in different ways. And I think the point that you're also bringing up is like, you know, if you're going to eat meat, I mean, we feed our dogs meat, right? It's not like our dogs are vegetarian. Um you know, try to ethically source it as much as possible. Try mm-hmm. to like be mindful of where you're, you know, yeah, purchasing, like where it's coming from. We're going to eat our dogs once they pass. We're not going to let that waste <laughs> oh, at all. They've got dog litter. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the amount of money we spend on their food. I'm not wasting that dog's <laughs> liver. But I think that's, I love that. I think that's yeah. really important. And I, I love that connection with, with um, your food and like the production and the people you're with too. Yeah. It's really conscious. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I would never say that like these, these things are like, Oh yeah, here's how I live. You should live this way. Right. But I think everyone can at least ask themselves the questions like, okay, like food, how can I connect to it a little better and how can I protect? And it's going to be different for everyone depending on where you live and like what, what resources you have. Like 
you know, I heat my house with, with wood. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, wow. We don't turn our furnace on at all. It is never turned on. Um, Amazing. You know, so like I heat my house with wood and that's a way, you know, I only cut down dead trees around the property. We have about eight acres here. Um, so a, wow. lot of, a lot of standing dead trees um, that need to come down or they'll fall in the house, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've never cut down a live tree. Um, and I, that's a way I can connect with like when I, when I, when the house is warm, it's like, Oh, like I cut that tree down. I split the wood, you know, I, I started the fire it warmed the house, you know, so there's a connection there. But of course, if you live in a city, you can't go to like, if you're in New York, you're not going to go to Central Park and cut down a tree. You'll get arrested. <laughs> well, there are dead trees you know? there. <laughs> yeah, you'll still get arrested. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, of course, it's, it, it depends. Like we all can connect yeah. in different ways. But like you can ask yourself the question, like, is there a way I can connect differently? You know, yeah. um, if you can't live in nature, you can load your house up. Every window in your house could have a house plant in front of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to have a little cleaner air and a little more offset from off gassing. Because mm-hmm. like everything damn near off gases nowadays, you know, um, even wood flooring, you know, there's polyurethane on top of that wood flooring that off gases, mm-hmm. you know, unless you have raw wood, which I did in my shawl. I put raw wood down on the shawl. Oh. I feel bad for harmony sometimes the amount of time that I off gas. I just, like, <laughs> I just feel terrible. And it's, I know Between it's the, the garlic and the off gas. It's thing. the raw food that I eat. I eat a lot of raw vegetables and off gases. Same. And it's terrible. Same. You know, I feel, I feel terrible. your pain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about the what about like the wi-fi signals and like i mean you know i think we're all quite sensitive to these things and we might not really um notice but you know zoom fatigue is real like that is a real thing do you teach a lot online do you do that um you know i i resisted for a long time i did not want to teach online my sore and then um i don't know maybe six months ago or something i finally broke down and was like okay off <laughs> That was like when most people went back to teaching in person. Yeah, you realize that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not great with technology. <laughs> and my timing sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I finally opened up. So you know, I have a few online students that, that uh, log in in yeah. the morning. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with, with Wi-Fi, you know, I feel like, again, you know, we can't control where we live sometimes, you know. Right. But like if you think about an apartment building, like if you like open up your phone, you'd see like, oh, what Wi-Fi can connect to? And you see like a list of 20 Wi-Fis. It's like, right. whoa, that's probably a lot of radiation. You know, they say mm-hmm. Wi-Fi radiation is not bad for you, but like I, I feel it's not natural. So it can't be like 100% good for us, you know. A lot of um, but electromagnetic it, waves coming yeah, out. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, totally. Especially if you're in it like all the time, 24-7, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like and If you're in an apartment building, like your neighbor's above below you across the hall like there's all those wi-fi signals yeah you know um you know here like i i turned it on and then i see one wi-fi network that's mm-hmm. nice um, but you live on eight acres yeah, yeah. So, I'm saying, like, <laughs> not everyone can not everyone can do that yeah. like, it's a luxury but like where you can like you can control where you can i, I turn yeah. my wi-fi off at night um uh-huh. you know, what's uh-huh. the point of keeping it on at night if you're not planning on using it that's you right know? Mm-hmm. and you know i keep my phone out of my bedroom at night Mm-hmm. for two reasons one because you know i don't want the temptation of like oh i can't sleep let's look at some blue light and scroll instagram right. you know waste time and, doom scroll yeah, yeah that's you know so, my so it's it's not near me for the temptation reason but then also like it makes me get out of bed in the morning because my alarm is on here i put it in the next oh. room over 
So I hear oh, that alarm going off. Get up and I go have to, do to get up. Yeah, to do it. That yeah. that's the trick if you want to wake up at two a.m. Two a.m. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, not abnormal well, for an Ashtanga yoga teacher. Yeah, not unusual. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Put it in the bathroom. And a lot of people, you know, actually like of... in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to ask you a, a question. I, we're we're on a really interesting path, and I think we're we've got a couple more of these pillars. Of yeah, this I'm going to start looking at real estate and like the outback. I have Canada. Of it's, Canada. it's like yeah. 10 miles from here. <laughs> it, so I, I'm just really, I'm, there, there's something really nice about you. And it's very wholesome <laughs> and well-meaning and earnest. And the person that I, that we're meeting today, and I wasn't sure Harmony told me that she had a, uh, a Marine that she wanted to interview from Ohio. And I was like, well, that's, that's not a, I'm not sure about that harm. And but then like meeting you is like, wow, you're, you're, you're um, an outdoorsman and, and um, there's just something really like good about you. You can sense it. And I'm wondering like, where do you think that stems from? Like, where do you model yourself from? Was there like a, uh, an uncle who was an Eagle Scout that you worshipped, you know, was there was there a pillar like a pastor in your community who helped kind of guide you? You know, um, so my, I, I think my father, um, and then my my grandfather, my, my mother's father um, mm-hmm. on that side. Um, so one thing I'll say about my dad uh, is that I find amazing, you know, and. I didn't realize this until I was an adult. Like one day it just like hit me, but I don't think I have ever seen my dad like down on himself or feeling down or feeling like guilt, like feeling like a like victim or feeling like, Oh, like pity or anything. Like he mm-hmm. was always, no matter what, you know, we weren't wealthy. Like we, he, he worked in a steel mill. Like he had a hard job, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, he was just always happy. He was always positive, mm-hmm. you know? And I think mm-hmm. just growing up with that, like, I mean, I don't, try to be like, I mean, I, I guess we all try to be happy and positive, but I mean, it's not like a huge effort for me. It's just kind of like, it's how I am. I'm just very content. Um, nice. I think that was a huge, um, kind of a role model, you know, I mean, just of, of how to, how to be, um, but then my grandfather also, like my, my grandfather, um, immigrated to the U S uh, from Italy when he was about nine years old mm-hmm. with his mother, um, his, his father was actually detained as they were getting on the boat because he had some like unpaid or un, I don't know, some something that they, they threw him in jail. Wow. <laughs> and he was, he was in, his, his, yeah, his father was in jail for like two years in Italy before he got out and could come in to, you know, his wife wow. and kid. Yeah. Wow. So it was just my grandfather and his mom that came here to Ohio. And, um, and he ended up lying about his age when he was 16 years old and quit high school and joined the U.S. Army and mm-hmm. was in uh, World War II in Korea. And growing up, he lived like two miles down the road from us. He and my grandmother lived like two mm-hmm. miles down the road. So my brother and I like grew up on like just his stories of like, mm-hmm. you know, of like being in America and getting picked on because he didn't speak English mm-hmm. and just, you know, his time in the, in the Army and just everything. And he he was always like, he always had tons of philosophy, but it was always like this super simple, just very simple. Like, you know, he'd always say, never quit your job on a bad day. Like, don't, don't make a decision on a bad day, you know, just like mm-hmm. simple things, you know, but he just gave us a lot of that kind of stuff. And 
I don't know. I just feel like, um, you know, those two were just really big role models in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Yeah. So I, I can't think of a, uh, a family member that hasn't been in prison in my, in my family. <laughs> it's literally true. And maybe, I can't, I don't know. My, me, my uncle, my great uncle George didn't go to prison. I don't know, but that was probably, that's it, you know? And so it's, I, we're not, wholesome like that for our experience in prison like but your grandfather the, the great grandfather it was the great grandfather the grandfather was yeah. a child okay yeah. in all america right. all right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. beautiful i love that it's so nice it's it's do you, do you have are you working on a family now no, <laughs> no. Just, just just my dog <laughs> just your dog well just shy. i think he <laughs> might be an eligible an eligible bachelor he's married <laughs> i'm married yeah. you're well and is she work are you working on a child with that lady no, <laughs> no. no okay they, no. they have well, enough to do out there on well, the ranch well think about it i <laughs> think you've got a lot to give honestly i mean i guess children would help uh with like splitting wood and doing the chores around here which would be nice <laughs> that's a nice way to think about <laughs> yeah. children yes yeah. they are helpful free labor <laughs> yeah no. yeah you know, I, I have uh i have a nephew and a niece um uh, from my sister and then i have two yeah. nieces from my older brother and uh i like being an uncle it's wow it's you got yeah. a big family uh just yeah two siblings yeah two. Oh, your brother's brother older sister. i yeah. thought your brother was younger okay. Okay. Well, i'm the youngest yeah my brother's okay. next in line um and then my sister is the oldest okay mm. okay i i was adding Although, another well, one she won't she won't she won't admit that she's the oldest. No, nor should she. You can she. hear the way that he brought his voice down about his sister. She's the oldest. Like she's, she's a ball breaker. You can hear it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a story right there. Well, I think some other people want to hear more about your sleep. How do you connect and protect with your sleep? Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Okay. So because a lot. I'm going to say mm-hmm. getting up at 2 a.m. Not protection. Yeah. Well, if you a go to bed people, at six, it's all right. That's a true. lot of people hear that and they're immediately like, "Well, oh, that's not healthy. Like, mm. are you are you okay? Are, are you are you sick? Are you you know like?" And they worry about me immediately. Right. It's kind of like whenever you know, like you know, people like say you've eaten meat your whole life and you go vegetarian. All of a sudden, your friends are all worried about you. Oh, that's not healthy. You're not gonna get enough protein. Yeah. Like people, they hear one little piece and they think you're not healthy. But what people aren't realizing when I say I get up at 2 a.m., they're not realizing all the other things that I do that they are probably not doing Mm -hmm. um, that makes my sleep good quality. Mm -hmm. One is like not having a phone in the room, not having the Wi-Fi on at night. Um, um, I I track my sleep cycles. So Mm -hmm. most people on average get about a 90-minute sleep cycle to go through a whole entire like sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I find if I sleep in increments of 90, you know, so like – um, hour and a half increments. So like three hours obviously is not enough, but that would be two sleep cycles. Four and a half would be three sleep cycles, you know, six hours. Mm-hmm. So I aim for six, six days a week. Mm-hmm. And then on my rest day, I get a little fat and happy and I do seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I feel I feel indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel guilty sometimes. Guilty pleasure. So you gotta get to bed at like seven thirty at night. He's gonna get to bed in forty five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) We gotta let you go. So so what I do is I usually get up and get in bed around seven thirty and I read a little bit. But I try Mm -hmm. to have lights off at eight. And eight to two is six hours. And that works pretty well for me. Um, 
Yeah. The other thing that I do, which is, mm-hmm. this is maybe a little, one of the things that's a little abnormal, you know, mm-hmm. did you ask about those? Yeah, Go we want to get into those. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't sleep on a traditional bed. <laughs> um, what do you sleep is, on? It is a wooden, a wooden box that I built. Um, oh, phenomenal. And then I have a, a two inch thick, uh, wool mat that's on top of that. Um, so that, that wool mat is like the mattress. Um, oh. And then, of course, sheets on top of that and a blanket on top of that, you know. Does your wife sleep with you or does she have her own bed? No, she sleeps on the same bed. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. you you got to keep her there. Yeah, you've got to keep her I'm going right. to tell you, a lot of ladies aren't going to put up with that. <laughs> what what does Goenkaji say about the indulgent? It's true, it's Indulgent true. bedding? Yeah, you got to, you can't. Luxury bedding. Yeah, it's not good for your sadhana. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's amazing. But I find. You sleep in a coffin. I find that I'm not in a box. I'm on a box. Oh, oh, oh I completely misread that. I'm sorry. That would be weird. Um, so, you know, I find that when I go camping, I'm sleeping mm-hmm. on the ground on a, on a thin thermarest right. you know, mat. And yeah. I never wake up with back pain when I'm out rock climbing. Oh, right. I'm oh, using my yeah. body all day long. You know, and I don't get a full asana practice in whenever I'm out rock climbing. I'll do some sun salutations and like some hip stretches. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do my full practice when it's like, you know, you know, four in the morning and cold outside and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I never wake up with back pain. Uh, my back feels great. So I thought, well, how can we replicate that indoors? So let's sleep on wood. I want a natural, I want a natural material. I didn't want, you know, something that was going to off gas. So we have wood and we used a wool mat, again, natural. Um, and... You know, I started like thinking this would be a good idea. But before I did it, I did a little research, doing some reading online. And yeah. one thing I read is that when you sleep on a really hard surface, like on the ground, even sometimes people sleep on the floor, mm-hmm. um, your bones like settle more in your like musculature, mm-hmm. and it allows your muscles to actually like totally relax in in the connective tissue to totally relax. Where mm-hmm. normally, if you're like on a waterbed or something really soft, like, your <laughs> muscles stay a little bit tense because they're trying to like hold you into a into a posture. Um, so uh, yeah, now you kind of have to back sleep. It's not very comfortable to sleep like on your yeah. side or on right. your back sleep. Yeah. You know? yeah right. but. Okay. So what area do we, what area do we need to cover? We did the food, the sleep, the off gassing and technology. Yeah. We can, so we can talk about, um, like drinking like water, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's all that's, that vodka you're drinking during yeah. the day. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like water. No one knows. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, this is nothing like too hardcore or crazy um, at all by any means. I think, I think this is just kind of basic. But um, I try to drink um, half my well, – in pounds. I weigh 150 yeah. pounds. So half that in ounces. So I weigh 150 pounds. I try to drink 75 ounces of water a day. Um, How much is that in liters? Um Let's see. Uh, Thirty-two ounces is a quart, um, and a quart is almost a liter. They're close. So it's same. like two liters, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's a little over two. Yeah, a little over two. Yeah, liters. that's not too crazy. That no, I think that's, that's recommended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I try and drink two liters of water too. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing insane at all. I heard I mean, the supermodels the, drink like four liters. They don't yeah, eat any water. calories though. So <laughs> yeah, they, but it keeps their skin really nice. <laughs> So, um, so the water intake, I mean, that's nothing like too crazy, the amount, but yeah. it's just, this is what I go by the rule of thumb, you know, yeah. half your body weight in ounces. Um, 
And then I try to only drink like four to six ounces an hour. Um, because right. if you drink too much at once, you just end up peeing it out. You don't mm. actually get um, that hydration. So I try mm -hmm. to like space it out through the day. Um, mm -hmm. So like four to six ounces per hour, I think is really important. Because if you just slam two liters before bed, you're going to, you know, just be, you're just going to pee it all out and you're not actually hydrating your tissues very much. Yeah. Um, See, I'm glad you bring this up, actually. I'm feeling really validated now. <laughs> I always used to do that because I'd forget to drink water during the day. And then at night, I'd drink like so much right before bed. Like a gallon. Yeah, not a gallon, but like, but nearly. like a liter and a half, half or something, gallon, right? Yeah. And then I bought this really cute water bottle mm -hmm. that is, has the time markings. Are you hot oh. on product again? <laughs> No, but I'm just saying it is sub <laughs> subliminal marketing for products on this show have gotten out of control. But it's really helpful because it like has eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and then you fill it up again. I love it. That's genius. Yeah. And it's really helping me be more aware about drinking water throughout yeah. the day and like little bits rather than just like hawking back a liter like you just said yeah, I like and it. i think cool. i'm getting more hydration than otherwise like my energy feels better and also you don't get bloated like drinking a liter of water well, we'll, all we at will, one time we'll we'll link the product in, below in the show notes. <laughs> i don't get any product reimbursements <laughs> for it <laughs> but i i think it's i think it's true i think what you're saying is true i think it's really like a good tip yeah and um <clears throat> Another thing that I think is important, I don't know if it's the same in Canada or not, but in the U.S., they put fluoride, they, fluor they fluoridate the water. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very good for your teeth, yeah. It's good for your teeth, but it's not good for your brain. No. You know, you're really not supposed to ingest it. I um, know. And, like, there's just some... Swish the water, but you're going to... I'm going to tell you a really annoying, sad story about our city. Okay. Calgary. We had unfluorinated... Unfluorinated? Fluoridated. Fluoridated? I don't know how to work. We uh, didn't have Florida in our water, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I our pushed, water... I pushed to put get the fluoride passed. Yeah, we, we had the fluoride out of our water for like 10, 15, 20 years maybe. When I was a kid, it was in there, and then we passed And then the, they wanted to put the fluoride in. The law I, to get it out. And then just I last... I protested in the street to shush. get this law passed. <laughs> last year, we had like a referendum again. And they put it back in. I put a sign in our front yard. We got to pass vote yes no. on the fluoride. <laughs> it was close, but, but they tell us, put it back in. I what do you have against fluoride now, Mark? It's poison. It's well, I'm poison. asking our guest here, and your <laughs> your personal views are to one side. So, I mean, I'm not a scientist <laughs> by any means, but um, a lot of the research I've I've read, um, they're linking it to like Alzheimer's, mm. um, things like this. Um, they, they really think it's bad for the brain. Um, Maybe that's why I can't remember anything anymore. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Also, you're 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 a bit overworked, I'd say as well. <laughs> so since we're gonna do product uh, promotions, um, let's oh. get a link up here for for Berkey. that's a water purifier that takes out the fluoride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. Oh, can you get closer to that? Can we get a camera sure, on that? Sure, sure, sure. Can we, yeah. can we get a Berkey cam? So this is the Berkey. Oh, awesome. the water, the pour water up here. It holds six gallons up here, and then mm -hmm. it filters down into this chamber. Um, so is we're Berkey on a well. Available? Oh, go ahead. 
Is yeah. Berkey available at a retailer near you? Probably. <laughs> I bought it online. I don't yeah. know where to, I don't know where to find find them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're on a well, so there's not fluoride in our water. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I definitely recommend them if you're if you're if you're you know living in a city <laughs> and you have to have the fluoride. I mean, it's they're they're a great filter, um, and like. The, the the filters in it like you have to change them every once in a while but they last like i think it's like ten thousand gallons or something ridiculous i mean wow. they yeah they, they last a long time uh-huh. um we've had it for several years and they haven't changed the filter you know wow. um and uh you know since we're on a well our well pump is electric you know that's what pulls the water out of the ground yeah um so whenever we get a power outage we also lose water you know if you're in the Ooh. city you lose power you just lose your lights but you still can turn your tap on yeah, yeah. Um, lose water too. So since we have the Berkey, it holds six gallons of water. So that actually sustains us. You know, if we have like a yeah. day where there's no power, which is great. Wow. Um, so have you have you thought about getting off the electrical grid? Have you thought about ways to do that? Yeah. So Ohio is pretty cloudy <laughs> um, <sighs> in the winter time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we get. I mean, we get sunny days here and there, but I don't know how well solar would work here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Is there any any other electrical source you could use to to get yourself off the grid? I don't know. I mean, I've never looked into wind power. I mean, like, I, I think, think that's pretty expensive. To, like to get like a, a big ass windmill, you know, <laughs> or like a like a bunch of children like running those things children. in a circle to like a generator. Yeah, yeah. a bunch or, of hamsters and this making all the wheels. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of hamsters. I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> six children would about be it would about do it. Uh, get them on the bicycles, you know. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, don't they have those bikes that like you know, <laughs> generate? Yeah, you ride the stationary yeah. bike and it like pumps up the battery. We know, why isn't every gym in the country like every bike should be connected to the grid? Every time yeah. you like, are on a machine, you're like moving back and forth. You yeah. should be generating electricity. Think about Absolutely. that. That'd be amazing. Oh Absolutely, be so great. you're a genius. <laughs> That's amazing. He is already married. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a great She's idea. completely lit up <laughs> by our guests. Wow. All right. What other area didn't we cover? What other weird things are you um, doing over there in Ohio? Well, so let's, let's see. We, we talked about sleeping. We talked about eating. We talked yeah. about drinking. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, movement, comfort, or discomfort. Oh yeah, let's, let's oh, get into it. Oh, comfort and discomfort. Yeah, yeah you mentioned. So that. some of the things overlap a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the movement I do, like Ashtanga, and also fall under. Yeah, you could fall under discomfort too a lot. Yeah. Of so yeah, but um, movement. I mean, I I think that you know, for me, like with my back, like sitting did not make it feel better. Resting it did not make it feel better. Like movement was like the best medicine, and and even still, like if there is, you know, um a rest day and a moon day, two days back to back. I am adjusting that moon day or adjusting my rest day. I'm not taking two days off in a row. Oh. If I do, if I do like that day coming back, like my, it's hard to move again. Like I need the mm. constant movement. It's really good for my mm-hmm. back. Um, so um, obviously, you know, in my movement um, routine, um, you know, I have the Ashtanga practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do pull-ups every day. Uh, I love doing pull-ups. I think they're, just one of the best bodyweight exercises there is. Um, I, I think I got hooked on them uh, as a Marine and then as yeah. a climber, mm-hmm. um, but then they don't really hurt your stronger practice either. So, um, 
Yeah, um, they're yeah. good. They're Mark, actually really good. Mark Roberts a... actually convinced me to do start doing pull ups because his fucking practice is amazing, and he yes. does. He's doing like fifty of those things a day, and I thought, well, I could do some pull ups, mm-hmm. and it, um, fuck if my pecs didn't ache for months. <laughs> they ached. I'd go to bed at night, and they were just like aching, and then like none of my shirts fit anymore. <laughs> was uh, yeah. i don't know that's a problem you gotta go shirtless often had to go shirtless more often and i don't i don't mean i didn't lose my back then my back bend's phenomenal <laughs> so pull-ups pull-ups yeah yep. and then Yoga. abnormal deviant movement and then I think as much as much manual labor as is practical for where you live in your lifestyle, I think is important. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, I split my wood. Um, yeah. You know, and um, I try to do as much of that by hand, like with an axe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Once in a while, I'll use the splitter if it's like elm or something that doesn't want to split. You know, if it's a horrible wood. Um, but but I mean, most of the time I'm out I'm out there with the axe splitting the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll do like you know an hour or two of that. Uh, like every day in like the spring, summer, and fall, you know, in the winter time, I, I don't really need to split as much, yeah. um, mm. you know, and uh, so I'll do that. But like, you know, if you can't do that, you can't do that. But like, there's other things like, you know, a lot of people I know who live around here, like they hire out their lawn service, you know. Um, I think it's a matter of, I'm not saying you shouldn't hire out your lawn service, but it's, if you're going to hire out your lawn service and then go in and sit on the couch and watch Netflix, not great. Then maybe you should have moved yeah. along. That walking could have been helpful. You know? Yeah. I um, agree with like you completely. I do to. all, I do all the lawn stuff myself and I do all of the snow stuff myself. And it's something that I often think about is how Krishmacharya would say that the best exercise you can do is splitting wood. And shoveling snow. He was a big, yeah. yeah he, he, loved he didn't it. shovel a <laughs> lot sorry. of snow. But <laughs> I'm sure I he did. shovel a lot of snow. But, uh, it's a good exercise, though. It's sure. great yeah. exercise. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, totally. Not um, awesome for your back, though. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, you bend I, I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like mm. you, you have to be, I don't know, when you have an injury, I like to think of it not as an injury, but as an opportunity to have acute awareness in a certain area of your body. Mm-hmm. So you can get very hyper-focused on like, how do I move right to not hurt myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever you're frustrated because a certain log won't split, you know, you get a little pissed off and you lose your form. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but in general, like, you know, you can be pretty mindful with your form or with your shoveling, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I think that... Um, you know, if I'm splitting wood for like six hours and it's like, okay, like my back's starting to hurt, I'll get the splitter out and split mm-hmm. it that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll you know, alleviate that. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's always something, you know, in our lifestyle that we can probably do that we don't necessarily need to use a machine for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our, our lawn is pretty big here. It takes me about three hours on a riding mower to mow it. So I don't, wow. I don't, I don't push mow it. Um, yeah, wow. If yeah. I push mode, it would be like eight hours, and that's yeah, not. That, I don't feel like good. it's a useful, uh, like it's not a good use of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, One acre per hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've started um, feeling like pulling dandelions is also not a good use of my time, and I've been thinking about getting Monsanto to come in, <laughs> fucking pour poison over our yard and then <laughs> i actually would like to get rid of all the grass altogether and put in like local plants and just let it go feral 
I, I would try invasive species. Yeah, that'd be they spread uh, fast. <laughs> the kudzo would do yeah. wonders for our yeah. yard. I think. Totally. I would, <laughs> So manual labor, natural movements, it sounds like. Yeah. And Um, some some weight weight bearing, like that pulling. It's interesting that you like those pull-ups because it's the opposite of the yoga, really, which is a lot of extension and stretching. uh, I think it's important. I think think that balance, just like forward folding and backbending, I think the Mm -hmm. balance is really important. And even though, like I said, I'm not climbing as much as, as I used to, I think climbing and yoga pair really well together. Yeah. Um, I was climbing a ton, you know, when I, when I first started and I never had tight shoulders. I had a tight low back. I had tight hamstrings, but I always had, like, I, could, I could always do all the binds. Like that was never hard for me. I had really good range of motion on my shoulders and people are like, doesn't climbing make your shoulders tight? And it's like, well, I don't know. It hasn't for me, you know, but I think like using, you know, if, if like let's talk about like strength exercises. Like if you are doing strength exercises and you're using like a short range of motion, then like, yeah, you're going to lose range of motion. But if you're going through like the end range mm-hmm. of an entire motion, then I think it, it actually builds more, um, it builds more range of motion, more mobility in the joint may not mobility. flexibility, but mobility, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's actually more important than just being like a loose little, yeah, yeah, I think cl- climbing is so much about mobility and extension and range. I would have yeah, to yes, think yeah. that you're going to get a lot of mobility in the joints. And there. also, it's you use your legs a lot. I mean, I think people think that you just use your arms, but you use your legs like a lot. Time. You should Time. be using your legs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's and not then, really like just using your arms to pull yourself up. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Then there's also those. Um, I don't know the word for it. When you pull your knee out to the side, yeah, you to get an, do those. to get an angle and almost you're almost like, like a drop knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to, yeah. to find a That's way to get leverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like a nice heel hook. Bodhikanasana mm. was easy for me the first time I tried it because like I yeah. would perch my feet on the wall and get my pelvis right against the wall with my knees splayed out to the side to get yeah. to get in close and I could I could rest hands free, shake my hands out, just sit on my feet. Like, I would sit right. my butt on my heels. Oh, yeah, wow. for sure. And like, so like body class, I'm like, oh, really? This is cool. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. yeah. Openness. I know. Yeah. I think I think a lot of climbers really enjoy the yoga. They find it very, very complimentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're a girl out there and you and you notice that there's 19 women for every man in your yoga class, and try climbing, and you might find there's the opposite ratio <laughs> you might find a different <laughs> ratio for yourself then yeah. and women women make like it was funny because when I, when I worked at this climbing gym a lot of times i would have you know like new people come in um and they would sign up for a lesson and it'd be like a date you know it'd be like yeah. a guy and a girl and uh a lot of times these like big bulky strong guys were like Hey, I'll do it first because it's hard, you know. Mm. They try to like show show their girlfriend how to do it, mm. and they would like get five feet up the wall and fall off, and then their, yeah. their girlfriend would get on the wall and be like scamper right up perfectly, so graceful, you know. You were saying it's a lot of legs, you know, and a lot of strong guys think it's all pull ups and they don't use any legs and they burn out within a couple of movements. Where women are a little more intelligent with their body movements, I think a lot of times, and yeah, I mean, women make amazing climbers. It's really cool to. To watch i think i was know. at like my peak fitness when i was climbing at the gym a lot and mm-hmm. doing the ashtanga practice mm-hmm. yeah they, they i think they pair well and I got um, <laughs> are you, you're still so much younger than me though it nerves me when you say that mm. 
Mm. And then I had a child. Then I got old. <laughs> Married an old man. <laughs> and the last movement that I do is is walking. Um, I, I um, hike. I hike with Chai every single day. Yeah, uh, we get out in the woods, and I think that you know walking in general is just is just good. You know, it's 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 stress relieving. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but being in the woods, like you're getting that clean that clean air. Um, it's quiet, you know, uh, I just think it's, it's good for you on so many levels being in the mm-hmm. woods. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about like, have you ever read about forest bathing? Um, it's mm. like, it's like a Japanese, like, uh, fad. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, I once spent three days naked in the upper peninsula. <laughs> that's what you mean. I was really high, but like, no, I was, I was stone cold naked as well. <laughs> Mm. Uh, kind of like that. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, the Japanese are big into that. Yeah. Um, no, the, the the forest bathing is like a meditation. Mm. Um, it can be a walking meditation, but you you walk mindfully and you you try to heighten all your five senses. You try to like mm. really experience like the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've done studies and they say that like that there's a a type of white blood cell that's an immune cell. Um, and if you spend like three days out in the woods, like uh, on a little retreat in a cabin or something, that this this uh, this cell count it like doubles for over uh, a thirty day period after you go home. That's amazing, you know? and, it, and it's an immune booster, you know. So like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty yeah, pretty cool to like think about, you know. But even if that's you know, who knows if the science on, on that is all accurate or not. But still, I mean, just think about it. Like normally we're surrounded by exhaust and like all this other stuff. You're walking in the city. You know, like just to get out in nature and have that like clean, fresh oxygen like that. I mean, there can't be anything wrong with that. You mm-hmm. know? So, um, so I'm a big fan of just getting out and hiking every day, rain or shine, snow, waist deep snow. I'll still go, you know, just, I make nice. chai cut the way through the snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's something that we didn't, it, I don't know why we didn't think about this, but we didn't anticipate the amount of walking we were going to do with the dogs. <laughs> And it, it is a, a significant impact on our daily lives, like how much good. time, time, time yeah. it it's takes a lot of time, but... to walk a dog is significant because <laughs> yeah. you've got to be out there in minus 30. Yeah, that's the only problem in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, wow. Mm. Build, builds fortitude it's it's well, the discomfort principle we're like an hour and a half we're outdoors now and we were not doing that before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, nice. it's yeah, nice you're absolutely right though i mean it, it's the same it's the discomfort you know that's why i do like the cold baths uh, mm-hmm. or cold showers or just even like jumping in the snow and rolling around <laughs> i do that too nice. you know? mm-hmm. um, but like i think like acclimating to the cold is like really good for us you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i mean there's all kinds of studies like do you guys follow andrew huberman uh, human yeah. lab yeah he's, he's amazing mm-hmm. i don't know oh, he's so, so great but like, he, he gives a lot of the science behind it but it like it raises like um uh what is it like um uh let me look here i forget the terms off the top of my head um, well it activates your vagus nerve i know that it does stimulates yeah. your parasympathetic response um but there's two like big uh what are they dopamine um uh. it, so they say like 60 degrees, uh, 60 Fahrenheit. I forget that isn't Celsius. Um, but like 60 Fahrenheit um, for like up to an hour, like almost doubles our dopamine levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dopamine um, plays like a lot of roles in the body, but 
you know, the one thing it does is it elevates our mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, oh, that's good, you know. And then the yeah. other, the other one is cocaine um, also elevates your dopamine. I just want to put that <laughs> out there. Oh so, yeah, just gives us some the, some feeling of aliveness. To, you don't have to just sit in the snow. <laughs> you can just sit in the snow. That's right. <clears throat> That's a different kind of snow. It's a different kind. You know about that stuff, do you? Okay. <laughs> so, do you wake up and take a cold shower? Or do you do hot and then cold? What I what I usually do is, um, in the morning before I practice, I I like to get warm, uh, especially yeah. in the time here. So yeah, I don't do a cold shower in the morning typically. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll get a hot shower. I'll go to the shower. Maybe get in the, the sauna. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do my hip stretches and do my practice. Um, but after practice, so like one of the benefits of the sauna is that like whenever you work out, you get into like an anabolic state. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get right into a hot sauna after a workout, it actually um, tricks your body into thinking it's under stress still because your heart oh, really? and your lungs are under stress. So it keeps you in the anabolic state longer. Mm. Um, so I usually get into there right after my practice, like quick shavasana and then boom, right into the thing for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, then I start teaching. What's um, the benefit of, of doing that? Um, Being when in you're, anabolic, when you're state, anabolic state, you're in a muscle building state. Oh, this is like, we're just like catabolic where it's like muscle deteriorating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so if you're getting like proper nutrients, you know, and you're in an anabolic state longer then your, your muscles are in a, a state of building longer, mm-hmm. which is good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. But then I like to, I wanted to build a sauna in the house. I told you that. Just, just like start a fire in like in a <laughs> random room and close the door. Right. <laughs> Should work. Okay. <laughs> um, so then when are you cold showering? Like in the after afternoon? that. Then. No, after that. So then after, I'll, I'll, I'll get out of the sauna. And then, you know, before I teach, I want to just get a quick rinse off, you know, so I'll, oh, sort of, nice. so I'll just yeah. like jump in the shower and like I'll do hot water for just like a, just like a minute or two. And I just gradually cold, turn it down cold, 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 cold. Um, and then I have a tub in my backyard and I'll do that like a couple times a week. An ice bath. Yeah. Proper mm-hmm. ice bath. Yeah. Get all of the heat out of the body. Nice. You got to do that if you're getting up at 2 a.m. You got to get that heat out of the body. Yeah. The inflammation builds up, I'm telling you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. Well, he's being very I know. You're, you're very and meditating. Very, I know. He's much more healthy very, than we are very for clean sure. The <laughs> but the inflammation does build up. I think the cynicism yeah. builds up the inflammation, is my experience. <laughs> I don't think he's got a lot of that. <laughs> no, right? He's so nice he's and a sweet. Nice, yeah, nice guy. <laughs> Did we miss anything? Do we miss any? Oh, what do you do for comfort? Come on. He's um, got his dog there, sweetie. <laughs> Chai yes. is a comforting dog. Yeah, I mean that that's that's one thing. I think connecting with others I and mean, with animals, like with your pets, um, mm-hmm. that's that's like definitely part of comfort. Um, but like um, meditation, reading, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's all kind of like my comfort things mm-hmm. um and uh you know some people consider this not a comfort i, I don't know i, I kind of consider it discomfort but some people, <laughs> love it. some people love heat um, yeah. I, i'm i'm more inclined to be cold than hot uh, myself mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh yeah i mean the the, the forest bathing like the hiking i feel yeah. like is, is part of comfort yeah um but then also like um Like caring, I think caring for plants, you know, like there's like a meditation when I'm like 
digging my hands in the dirt. Like, you know, I have a lot of potted plants in the house and in the shala and stuff. And, um, I find that there's a connection there and I, it's very peaceful for me. So like that is, is part of comfort. Um, even like my, my vegetable garden, like taking care of that is part of my comfort. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I think for, do you ever just like sneak a vegan brownie with a coffee or something? Oh, I, I have. Okay. So I have a major sweet tooth. I, I love sugar. All right. And, now we're talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're so. pre-diabetic, sweetie. I don't think yeah. we're talking about the same thing. No, I'm talking about what his mm. what his guilty pleasure is. There's yeah. got to be something. There's always yeah, something. No, I, ice cream is my biggest weakness by far. But oh. really, any any chocolate, like you know, yeah. If, if you leave chocolate in the house, like it's well, gone. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't last. Like, mm. yeah, I mean, I just there's like no limit to like my level of fullness when it comes to chocolate. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah. Do you drink bad. coffee? Uh, I do, um, but you know, like I didn't until I think I was like 40, maybe like, mm, wow. um, I maybe like on a, on a climbing road trip, you know, if I was like doing like a 20 hour drive out West or something, you know, like mm-hmm. I would drink some coffee, like just for like, for, you know, for the purpose Kicks. of it, but not because <laughs> I liked it and I really liked it. Um, ah. yeah, I mean really when I went to Italy and taught for the first time and had espresso, that's when I was like, oh, like. This is pretty strong. I think I could do coffee. <laughs> so I came home and was like, yeah, coffee's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But do you drink it every day or is it just like a special treat? Not every day. No. Yeah. Can, um, can I ask you, speaking of traveling, I was looking at your schedule on your website for the amount of the amount of workshops that you're doing. Is that a pretty regular schedule that you keep? Are you on the road that that much usually? Um, you know, so like I think I did my first like international like uh workshop in like 2016 or 17 maybe um and then every year like i don't advertise it at all i don't um i don't personally and i mean if you guys do this no no offense or anything but i personally don't find it very tasteful to just like just randomly write an email to shawls and say hey i'm mark mm-hmm. this boy offer do you want to hire me yeah. i get yeah, emails yeah, like that for my shawl all the time yeah. yeah i don't know I, uh, so I um, <laughs> oh you yeah. get emails like that. I do yeah from uh, people I don't from people I don't know or don't have a connection yeah. with and it's like I kind of want someone that I'm connected with to yeah, teach for sure. my shawl and not just some random person that wants to sell me something. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I don't do that. So my my workshops have built slowly. Like I, I never was out there like peddling it, trying to get it, you know people yeah. to do it. It's just like if someone liked what I had to say on social media and they want to hire me, then they reach out to me. You know. Yeah. So it built up slowly over the years and it was starting to build up a lot right before COVID. I think the year before COVID, I had like maybe like 10 or 12 like uh, international um, mm-hmm. workshops. Um, and then and then COVID happened, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so like nothing. Um, and then last year I was pretty busy. Last year I had, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30 workshops. Wow. And this year I think I have like 20, I think I have 27 on the book right now for this, wow. for 2023. Amazing. I'm not, not going to take any more for this year i pretty much from like march to september i'm like booked almost solid mm-hmm. um and that's that's enough <laughs> yeah. yeah so what do you do um, with your shala you got some teachers there that take care of it for you yeah i mean in the past it was always kind of like a, a little bit of a free-for-all like sometimes i'd have a teacher that could sub like two days a week but they couldn't do every day and it was just like it was just kind of whatever i could get the other days i just be like, hey, the door will be unlocked. Just come and do self-practice and don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, I had students doing that. 
um, like the members, you know, not just like walk-ins or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this year I, I have like, you know, um, a lady who's been assisting me for a while, but her schedule has recently changed and she's now going to be assisting me six days a week. So whenever okay. I'm gone, she'll be able to uh, run the whole schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that'll be good because for consistency, like I would always yeah. like build my clients up, you know, like get like more and more students yeah. and then I would be gone for like a month, like in and my store. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah for like sure. the new ones, the new ones you lose, like the ones who aren't yeah. here, you know, and it's like, ah, they're there you know, because you were there. Yeah. 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 And, and is it just Mysore that you teach? Is only a morning Mysore? Do you do lead classes? I do lead as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for the last, like, I think I started my, I started my shawl in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I always did uh, Saturday rest day and then Sunday through Thursday, Mysore and then Friday lead. Um, that was always my schedule. But now I'm going to actually change that in a few days. February 1st, I'm going to change that. Um, I'm going to start going with a Sunday rest day. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monday, you know, like Sherat does like lead intermediate on Mondays. Yeah. Um, I don't have enough students like doing enough of intermediate to, to do a lead intermediate. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a lead primary with like an intro to intermediate. So we're going to do like the first five or six postures of yeah. intermediate. You know, that's nice. So I'll do that on Mondays and I'll have Tuesday through um, Tuesday through Friday, Mysore, and then a, and then a lead primary yeah. on Saturday. Shrod is, yeah. is teaching a very different demographic at 4.30 in the morning than when we get back home. <laughs> We get his 4.30 p.m. class. That's what we get. And that's, you know, not a lot of advanced practitioners in that 4.30 p.m. class. No. And so, but you don't do any evening classes. Like you have your evenings free, your afternoons free. Yeah. 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 Uh, Private lessons, you know. Right. Evenings and afternoons, yeah. Mm -hmm. No. When I first opened my shala, I was doing... Uh, morning Mysore from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. every day. Wow. And then I was doing an evening Mysore from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. every day. And I wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. sustain. I was like, this is that's, insane. That's how many yeah. of us developed a coffee addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Yeah. I don't know how teachers do. I know a lot of teachers that do. I mean, they do morning and night. And that's just their... Um, you got to take yeah, a big nap just, in the afternoon. You can't have any yeah. children or any social relationships at all. Those yeah. three things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't nap during the day. Um, nap. Get, like, really bad. No children. Yeah. No personal relationships. Yeah. That's about it. Outside of potentially maybe a spouse that's very understanding. But they have to be your personal assistant as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, or your personal assistant. <laughs> that personal assistant has to be your spouse. <laughs> Bedfellow. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. That's, that's a tough schedule. Yeah. So... Yeah, after a while, like I just told my students, like, look, like if you want to keep practicing, you're gonna have to learn how to get up in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for a while, like um, I was like threatening to stop the evening my sore, and they're like, I'll have to quit. I won't be able to come anymore. And I didn't want to lose, you know, because they're like nice yeah. people and they really like to practice. And yeah. you know, so I'm like, all right, I'll keep it going. And I kept threatening it, you know. And finally, I'm like, I'm doing it. And like of all the people that said, oh no, like it doesn't work for our schedules, we can't. They all end up coming in the mornings anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I should have done this earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. And are you still teaching from five thirty to eleven? Um, well, so I, I'm doing um, I'm doing five to eight, and then my assistant will do eight to eleven. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Really nice. Well, how could people find your class? Yeah. Do you take Do you take guests? Do you, do you take, take visitors? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, 
Yeah, I have no sign here, actually. It's like a Ashtanga speakeasy. I mean, it's like we're hidden. You have to Amazing. know You have to know where we are. It's, it's on um, your property, is it? Correct, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You're just living the dream. But yeah, so the house that I'm in right now, this, this, is, our, this is our house. Um, yeah. This wall behind me, on the other side of that wall is another apartment, and then there's another apartment on the other side of that. So it's like, it's like a triplex. It's a big, long house that's uh-huh. divided into three separate living spaces. And then the shala is a separate – it was an apartment also. It's a separate building, and it's, it's like over there, um, about, I don't know, 20 yards from my house. It's mm-hmm. a, a rough commute, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like kind of how PJ yeah. lives up in Milwaukee. It's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but right now I have renters in there. Like when, I, when we mm-hmm. bought the place – it came with renters. <laughs> um, yeah. So so they're in there. But eventually when they move out, I would like to open that up to to guests because I do, you know, like Geneva, Ohio has like 4,000 people and it's a very small town. Um, a lot of my people come from Cleveland, which is an hour away, or they come from like wow. Pittsburgh, which is like two hours away. I mean, like people come from a little ways. And then I have a lot wow. of students that come here like, um, like Instagram friends who like come right. for a week and stay, you know, make a little mini like tree out of it. Yeah, um, that's so we amazing. Have, we have an extra room in our house that they stay in, but eventually we'd like to have, let them have their own like apartment, you know, uh, for people that stay. Awesome. On Saturday, Dad and I got in the car and we were driving to Pittsburgh from Detroit because he likes to drive. And I think we probably weren't an hour from Geneva when we had to turn around because of the snowstorm. Yeah, yeah. I should have popped in and yeah. got a practice in. Yeah, it would have been great. That would have been amazing. The snow came. The snow came. Well, you would have had a place to crash. <laughs> I would like to try that sometime. Yeah. Beautiful. So people could just email you and, and you could give them like the map. It's yeah. going to need a map. Yeah, I mean, my website has, has, all the, has all the info where we're at and stuff, you know. Great. And what's your website? Great Lakes Ashtanga, um, I think, right? Yeah, Great Lakes Ashtanga Yoga. Great Lakes Ashtanga Yoga. Kind of a mouthful. And they are Great Lakes. <laughs> they are great. All five of them. All five of them. <laughs> even, and, even Lake Erie, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We could do a little shout out, too, um, to York over there in the UK, because you're heading there, I think, in yeah. March. Oh, that's sold out, yeah. though. You know, no one who's listening is going to be able to go to that. That is sold out. But then I'm going in May. Yeah. I think there's still a few spots left. Yeah, that's not sold out at all. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So I'm good. even if people don't want to meet me, they should come to meet you in May because oh, you're going to be there. Yeah, come Yeah, come meet no. Mark while Harmony teaches yoga in yeah. York. I'm, I'm super can... excited uh, to practice with you, actually. I've been wanting to... To meet you and work with you. Oh, she is actually. a ball breaker. You were, you were going to regret ever you. saying that. I'm going to put myself in boot camp oh, for the next four months. She's going to step on your hands. She's going to punch you in the back. She's going to slap your thighs. All the things. All the things. Oh, things, cool. man. Yeah. There's I'm a excited. lot of comfort and discomfort in my life. <laughs> well, it has been a real pleasure to get to know yeah. you. And I feel Thank like we made a little friend here, and I'd love to meet you at some point. Yeah. And well, I'll you guys, see you in May. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to come down to uh, Great Lakes Chicago Yoga sometime, we would love to have you here. To, that would be amazing because I would yeah. come, I'd see my dad, we would drive to Geneva, and we'd all practice with you because he does his little practice in the morning, and we'd be great. We would love to come down. Well, let's and let's then, get to it. I would I would be honored to have you guys do some workshops here. It'd be it'd be that'd great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. We could it'd go really see nice. the um 
could do some forest bathing. Yeah. I mean, he can run around naked in the woods. I mean, it's fine. We've got plenty of woods. No one will see him. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a lot of fun. And it was actually too much fun. It was it was too comfortable. You'll have to go do something. All right, we'll have to do some more discomfort. More yeah. di- I thought I was well, very but- uncomfortable to listen to. Honestly. It was uncomfortably awkward. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what I bring. That's the tension that I bring to the conversation. Why am I here? You bring the off-gassing in the garlic, oh, for sure. <laughs> but uh, you have to get to bed now. It's, it's yeah. getting close to bedtime. So yeah, thank you for staying up, up late-ish. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Just a quick reminder before you go, B-School is closing this week, Thursday, February 23rd. Get into B-School, up-level your business, start something that is soul-satisfying, that is drawing students and clients that are totally connected to you, that are aligned with your mission, your purpose, that are looking for your services, help make the world a better place through your offers and your services and come into my mastermind. Let me help support you in doing that great work that you've been put here on the planet that only you can do. I love helping entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs in the wellness space, bring their vision and their dreams to life. And this is absolutely the number one best program I know that can help you in really building that business that you love and a business that's going to bring in uh, the profits that you need to support yourself and your family and your future. So look at B-School, jump in, DM me with any questions. It's closing this week, so you only have a few days left to uh, come in and start getting all of the great bonuses that I'm offering. B-School's only offered one time this year. This is the time. Get in before the doors close this week. There's only four days left. I would love to see you inside. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the brain.